Welcome to this God-inspired message from Shofar Christian Church. Enjoy today's message. May you experience the presence of our Father and may you grow deeper in your relationship with Him. It's awesome to be here tonight. I don't want to be any, any place else than church. Amen. God is so faithful and good to us. Tonight, I want to talk a bit about fasting. Yes. My favorite thing to do in the world and my favorite topic to teach on. Who's ever heard a sermon on fasting? Not a lot. Not a lot of them going around. Um, but I think I'm going to share some some helpful things tonight. It's not going to be about not eating. That's not what the sermon is about. The sermon is about Jesus. Amen. And I think this is going to help, going to help us a lot. Uh, what we're also doing in in the three weeks we find ourselves in is we making some time to fast on a Monday, and then when we pray together at church 6:30 in the evening, after that we go and eat pizza as much as we can. It's more or less the sequence of a Monday. But what I want to say is, I'm going to, I'm going to chat about fasting tonight. And, um, I'm going to take a little, maybe start with some kind of a theological angle, but it's going to be quite devotional. All right. What I want to say from the start is this. I want no one to fast tomorrow unless you feel excited. To do so yourself. Deal? Okay. Uh, this sermon is not to, to psych up our prayer army for tomorrow, to manipulate you into not eating tomorrow morning and lunch. This is not what it's about. It's about breaking open the blessing of fasting. And everyone here is invited. All right. If I fast alone, I'll do that because there's going to be growth for me. And whoever wants to join, that's a bonus. Chop. Awesome. I go from course, man, sir. It's lacquer. I just want to start by saying my, my experience with fasting did not start so well because as a student, I did not always understand really why I should fast, but I did fast with the church. I went on missions and normally when we went on missions, we fasted for three days, only water. This is D. Sie buyen Kurs in die Watere. Sie buyen nie. I tried one stage to tell myself what I can do is as long as it's liquid. As long as it's liquid, then and I'm I'm just imagining my blender and steak and stuff, and I was like, you know, if I can get it in, that will help me. Uh, that's the kind of thoughts I have. I guess a man with a kort patsuk in the leave, gewoonlik. Confession, you know, help me. Um, this one's called a glaikie. Just the one day we were fasting, we were, we were on Strandienste, okay? We had a spiritual Strandienste. We really, people got saved and baptized. We went for it. So the one day the leader said, now let's, let's fast. Because one girl was sick and we really wanted just to see breakthrough. And so at the leadership team went to town to do, to do, um, groceries. And they came back and they each had a steady stumpy or two in their hand. We we're like, 
we're dying here of hunger. You guys, you're drinking steady stumpies. They said, no, we said it's only a fluid fast. So they were like cupping steady stumpies and super M's. I don't know, all those chocolate drinks. So I, I felt cheated. All right. Um, in any case, my experience with fasting was not so great. I didn't always catch the heart of it, you know. And that's why I want to say today, don't fast tomorrow unless tonight you understand something and you get excited about the prospect of taking the day. Deal? Can we do that? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share and I'm going to give you tonight five thoughts on fasting. All right? I think it's five. Five thoughts on fasting. Before I go there, I'm just going to talk around one or two things that's going to be a little bit of a brainstorm and then we'll get to it. Who of you know this verse? Matthew 17, verse 21. Howbeit this kind goeth not out but by prayer and fasting. Right? Who's got a King James Bible here? King James? New King James? Just quickly turn your New King James to this verse. Oh, you've got it on your phone. We'll do it with Estelle. Estelle, can you come up and just read it in the New King James? I'm going to teach you guys something very cool. It's got an ESV Bible here. Quickly go to this verse and also come to the front. Do you have it, uh, Estelle? Is it more or less the same? Matthew 17, 21. Anyone with a new King James can go there. Or King James. Oh, here it is. <laughs> it says, however, this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. Okay, the, the new King James is just uh, making it a little bit more modern from the King James. The new King James... Baseline uh, literature use is the King James, because the King James in 1600, the English was very poetic and did not work for modern people. Um, can you read that verse in your Bible, Brian? You can't. Why not? Because it's not in the Bible. Ah, interesting, eh? Who's wrong, who's right? This verse you will only find in the King James and the New King James. Okay, well, there's, there's like hundreds of different vertalings, you might find it, but the most, you won't find it. Because it's not in the Greek. It simply says in the Greek, these, this kind only goes out by prayer. And the very smart King James translators thought, no, but of, of course the disciples prayed, and they just extrapolated the conversation to obviously Jesus means prayer and fasting. It's not in there. This is not in the original Greek. All right? So your ESV, even your NIV, even your NLT is more correct in this verse than the King James. King James is not a bad Bible. It's not the best translation. Because the translate, because the original Greek manuscript is still available to us, the translator and their skills back in the 1600 is not as great as now. Okay. The point I'm trying to make, I'm, I'm just, I'm being a bit controversial now as well. 
I'm, I'm just making a point. Just allow me to speak more on a principle than making a rule. Fasting overall in Scripture. All right? The main purpose of fasting is not to get an unwilling God to be willing to help you. As this might indicate. You did not fast six days. Only five days, therefore, the demon will stay in the person. It's not God's heart. Sorry. You speak to a demon by authority, it goes. Fasting was not intended that the more you suffer, the more God will hear your prayer and you will get help because you fast. Because God is so busy, except if there's, there's so many people praying, but those who fast, at least God can help them. It's not the heart of God. It's not the heart of Scripture. And that is not in the Greek, which is used to defend that point a lot. All right. My sermon is on fasting. It looks like it's over. It's not. It's only getting started. I would say the heart of fasting, and we'll get to that, even though this scripture I'm going to show now is not specifically on fasting, just move your heart with me. The heart of fasting is more in this world. Can we go to the next slide? Please. Set your affection on things above, not on things on earth. That's the zone where the heart of fasting lives in. Oh, that I may see him. Oh, that I may hear clearly what he has to say. There's so many emotions, so many things going on. Can I separate his voice among all these feelings? Now we're talking. Will that help you with the casting out of demons? Yes. It, it, it flows into that function. It flows into the power ministry. It flows into the use of spiritual gifts. Chop, because you are having your mind and your spirit more inclined to God. Are you with me? It does not, let's go back one slide, guys. Fasting does not live in this world. Lives in this world. The next verse. Everyone with me? Guys, I just want to give the youth behind that desk a clap. Can we just do that? They are awesome. They're doing a great work. You're less legends, man. Eh? Let's go on. We're just sharing a few more things. Matthew 3.16. If, if I don't get to the sermon, we'll, we'll get to it later. If we don't get through the whole sermon, we'll get to it later again. How funny is that? Having a cappuccino on and talking about fasting. And when Jesus was baptized, yes, he was, immediately he went up from the water and behold, the heavens were opened to him and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and coming to rest on him. And behold, the voice from heaven said, this is my beloved son with whom I am well Pleased. 
just after that, Jesus starts a fast. Matthew 4, verse 1. And Jesus was led by the Spirit. The Spirit descended on him like a dove. And then the Spirit led him into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And after fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was a little bit hungry. And the tempter came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. But he answered, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Can I show you something interesting? Read with me Deuteronomy 8 from verse 2. It's on the screen. It's a bit small. I think you'll be able to see it. You shall remember the whole way that the Lord your God, this is in the Old Testament, this is long before Christ, has led you these 40 years in the wilderness. That he might humble you, testing you to know what was in your heart. That was the Israelites. Whether you would keep his commandments or not. And he humbled you and let you hunger, and fed you with manna, which you did not know, nor did your fathers know, that he might make you know that man does not live by bread alone. Where did Jesus get his answer? He knew the word, amen? But man lives by every word that comes out of the mouth of the Lord. All right? Few connections. The purpose of baptism is to show the renewal of a sinful heart being washed by the blood of Christ. Why on earth did Jesus get baptized? In this world, maybe, we don't want to touch or connect with sinful or people that's not up to our standard, not Christ. When sinners get baptized, he gets baptized. I will touch them, I will be with them. The people go to the wilderness for 40 years. Christ says, I'll go 40 days without food. Where the people go, where they walk, Christ pushes himself in. He says, I want to relate with you. What a great example. One or two things. We're going to get to our five points now. Just almost just climbing off fasting for a moment before we get onto it again. Jesus get baptized. The Father says, I love you. I love you. If you can just go back to that slide. You're my son. I love you. And he fasts after that. Do we fast that God might love us? Oh, we don't live in that world. This here can't. Vonsa arm will dry. He already loves him. You are my son. I am pleased with you. Father, I'm going on a fast. Never do we fast with the hope and the anxiety that in this fast, in this day or in the three days, God will turn his face and we will feel his love. If you don't feel it before you start, just wait. You should get the recognition from the Father's approval before you fast. You don't have to work for it. He loves you. 
What you can do is, if you haven't done that, is come to Jesus Christ and give your life to Him. Allow Him to wash you of your sins. Be baptized. Open your heart for the Holy Spirit. And you'll hear the Father in your heart and through people. It'll come to you. He loves you. And tomorrow, if you fast, you fast because tonight already you feel, oh, I'm loved. If tomorrow after a fast you think, yes, level geklim, missed it. Missed it. You did not fast to get close to him. You fast to build yourself up. Amen? Check this. The spirit comes like a dove. I don't know what is more harmless than a dove. Even my great Dane is very slow. She catches doves, okay? Sy het ook een muis gevang in die huis. En toe sy haar been oplig, toe hang die muis in haar, of poot, toe buit die muis haar. Dat was baie funny. She catches doves. It's an innocent thing. So the spirit comes like a dove on Christ. I love you. What is the next thing the spirit does? Leads Jesus into his greatest moment of of, of testing ever comes gently and then is the leading or the f- pushes him into the face of a lion. The spirit of us th- does both. Reminds us of his love and leads us into great battles. And I just want to say on that, maybe you had a terrible week in the week that's passed. That does not mean the spirit has left you. It might be that he led you into the week. Nightmare week. Who had nightmare week? There was a few. Nightmare week. We get it. God has not left the building. Amen. In fact, he leads Jesus into nightmare 40 days, which he overcomes. I just want to say that. Sometimes the enemy, it's going bad. Some bad things happen. And the voice that comes to your ear, it says, ha, God has left you because you forgot to pray this morning. Op your ear. It's not true. Open your heart. Okay, don't be silly. If, you, if you're falling into sin, turn back to God. Okay, because some of the punishment we might invite ourselves, but sometimes you'll worship God. You'll do well and he'll lead you into the wilderness that you may overcome the enemy. Right. What I want to ask on this question is, what did Jesus do in the face of his greatest challenge? Fasted. Not for the approval of God, for other reasons. We'll get to that now. And the only line I want us to draw right now is, can you afford to not consider fasting? Can you afford to not have it in your head or in your mind? I don't think so. I don't think so. If Christ needed to fast for his greatest challenge, what about your greatest challenge? Right? What about your greatest challenge? I already said it's not as you mere as Adam to draw any, right? But there is some stuff that happens in you when you fast that will help you conquer, and we're going to get to that. 
Could there be a reason why you struggle with boldness? Is there maybe a reason why you just not where you at spiritually? Right? Is, is there maybe a reason why you don't get the courage to just speak to that person and tell them about Christ? Maybe for you it's like a challenge in the wilderness and maybe to fast might just build you up in some way to break through that barrier. That's, that's all I'm asking. Can I, if we can just, yeah, you've got it there. You guys are smart. Successfully face the challenges of my Christian calling without sharing in the fasting of Jesus. Obviously, the answer is no. Reasons I will fast tomorrow. All right. That I'm going to talk about I, myself, you. Change it as it come over and put yourself in that situation. I'm going to give you five, which is helping me to deal with fast with my, must, much more joy than previously where I fast because nobody spun fast. I'm really fussy. I'm really jump to go and I want rugby play by the courses and now I'm going fast and I don't like it. And I felt like, oh. what has changed in my heart? I'll give you five personal things. Number one, fasting is a double weapon. Fasting is a double weapon. Number one, it prepares to conquer the enemy. Prepares my heart. Christ fasted first and then the enemy came to tempt him. Okay? So, just like Jesus in the desert, there might be a shifting in your heart when you fast. You might hear God's voice very clearly. Some scriptures might jump up to you that might just build into you faith that prepares you for what will happen tomorrow or on missions. We fast before we go on missions. Cole, you guys fasted, right? We don't know what's going to happen on missions, but the trained heart can face anything that comes. So you don't have to prepare for every circumstance. Prepare the full heart. And whatever comes, you'll be ready. All right. So, so in, in, in one sense, fasting is a preparation for your heart and your faith for what might come. Some of these points are going to overlap, just to be thorough. But number two, Satan, um, um, fasting is also a means to conquer Satan. He's conquered Satan is conquered in fasting, all right? Because as you fast and you desire something of this world, which is not bad, food is not bad, it is from God. It is to be enjoyed. And you can enige kos eat, okay? We are free to eat, all right? But as we, as we come to lunch and we desire something for our body, we can spiritually tap into God and say, Lord, I actually love you more. That, in essence, is a victory over Satan. Because you're practicing to be spiritually inclined over being naturally inclined. You must be naturally inclined, all right? You must have a budget. You must eat. You must exercise. All those things. But it's good to take a set of time and practice to be spiritually fit over the natural. Are you with me? So not, o- not only is fasting preparation, it is a victory. Tomorrow will be a victory. Every time you are hungry and you turn to God, you fill my spirit, you fill my tummy. 
victory, boom, in that moment. But it might also prepare you for the battles that is coming later the week, later the month, or the year. Are you with me? Satan's home field advantage is the flesh. He's got nothing on, on us spiritually. He doesn't understand our relationship with God. When, 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 when we speak, when we have love communication with Jesus, it's a language Satan cannot grasp. He cannot, never again will he be able to love God. There's no love in him. He does not understand it. It, it takes him totally out of the game. And so if he can keep us locked in this world with, 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 with stuff you can see and touch and eat and take your time. And if he can keep you there, you're on his home turf. But get off his home field for a day. It's like Chinese to him what's happening when a man says, Lord, I need you more than food. Doesn't understand it. That's why he came to Jesus and he said, Jesus said, I don't need that. I live by every word from God. He doesn't understand it. He really thought he was going to get Christ for that. Chinese for him. Out of the game. Fasting is a double weapon. Are you with me? Number two is fasting produces humility. Can we quickly go back um, to that slide under Deuteronomy? It says in verse 3, and he humbled you and let you hunger and fed you with manna. Okay? He humbled you. Another verse here, Ezra. Then I proclaimed the fast day at the river Ahava that we might humble ourselves before God and seek from him a safe journey for ourselves, our children, all our goods. When I fast, for me, maybe there's an assignment against my life with pride, but when I fast, the first thing God speaks to me about, I hear, is always humility. Always. When you come to the place where, where you normally would dish up breakfast, all right, and, and you're fasting and you say, God, I need you more than what I need this food. What you are doing is you're humbling yourself. You're saying, Lord, there's unseen things from you that if I don't have that, I'm dust being held together by you. I can do nothing without you. And when you humble yourself like that, you are inviting God into your life. Whenever there's a humbled heart directed at God, he enters the room. He gives more grace. Therefore, it says God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. What happens when you don't eat and it gets to five o'clock? You can't even squat and power cleans and pull-ups because you are weak. You are doing something to your flesh that should mirror into your spirit. As weak as you are in the flesh, that's actually your position spiritually. Lord, I am actually so in need of you. What I am feeling in my body is the state of my spirit. If you don't feed me, I go hungry. You talk like that, you've got God's attention. 
How can I help? How can I uplift, minister to this person? Fasting position you for the presence of God because it produces humility. Make sense? So, devotionally, I'm just going to go on on that track. Number three, fasting teaches drawing near because of the absence of other havens. Fasting teaches drawing near to God because of the absence of other havens. What we do as people, and um, is we fill our lives in what I would like to call uh, uh, noises. You know, it, it's almost like, you know, that something when that awkward silence, it, it can be a great analogy for our lives. We don't do well with awkward silence. Just imagine yourself. Okay, just for a moment, imagine yourself. It's a Saturday. You're sitting on a chair like this. You've got no plan for the day, and there you sit. We can't deal with that as humans. But we can do we can do this. I can do this very well, okay? We fill our lives with noises. The, uh, and it's not bad things. These things are... Um, when, when we go on a holiday with, with our parents, my parents or Janae's parents, you eat breakfast. We just ate... No, this is for lunch. We're starting with a chicken. You just had lunch. We just, you know, we fill our lives. We, we, fill, we are life fillers. Okay, so now we, we've got help with McDonald's and Nando's and Spar, talking about myself. So we've got other fillers. We breakfast somewhere. We rush to, let's say Saturday, we, we, we go to someone, we go to gym, we quickly go, we, we've got life fillers. Are you with me? Things that keeps on reacting with us so it, we, do, we don't seem crazy, just to sit. So fasting takes us onto a planet we don't know. Because you're not going to eat, you lose your unary, you lose your scope. All right, that's, that's five hours. You're not going to the gym, you're not watching the TV. What on earth am I going to do? Just <laughs> draw near. Draw near. And fasting teaches us to draw near by deciding before I fast that tomorrow I will not visit this haven. I will not enter this place. If you fast, it is, you should rather eat than play four hours of PlayStation. It does not help. <laughs> You're just entering another haven. Are you with me? You're just entering another place of, of noise that will, that will just help you get to 6.30 so you can eat. 
So fasting helps us to push into God's presence and to deal with that. And, and God wants to help us go, uh, um, cope with stuff, guys. Um, he, he gives us life. It, it says in Scripture, food is good. It's good for the stomach. We should eat. And we should eat and be merry. That's what Scripture says. I'm not talking against food. I'm just saying right now we're talking about fasting. Can you place it somewhere in your heart? Is that okay? Um, if you've got an issue with a person, I might just step on to the, the next point, but let's leave it here. Let's say I've got an issue with my wife, okay? Fasting will often push you to deal with that thing much quicker than when you're not fasting because the noises of lunch that's coming up, gym, all these things keep us occupied and so it helps us to ignore areas of our faith that needs attention. Right, And so once again, fasting is like a magnifying glass that helps us overcome things. Because what we don't know is those things actually break us down. It breaks you down to walk with unforgiveness. It breaks you down to hold hatred. But while you keep yourself busy, you're just carrying this thing. <laughs> but the moment when you fast, it's only you and this thing in the room. <laughs> okay? You're like, okay, God, oh, let's talk about it. Boom! Oh, I feel so free. Just forgave that person. Fasting teachers drawing there. Because of the absence of other havens. I'm going to stop there tonight. I've got three more, but I'll leave it for next time because I don't want to overload you with stuff and then you don't get to it. If you feel invited, almost excited to see what may happen tomorrow if you fast, you should fast. Amen? You should do it. You'll have great surprises. If you feel forced, maybe you had a bad experience, maybe there was a time when someone forced you, don't fast. Please, I'm, I'm really, and I'm not using reverse psychology here. You don't have to fast tomorrow because I don't mind if tomorrow you need to learn the freedom of not fasting. It's okay. Especially, I'm Talking to my leaders. Really. Maybe even for, to, to, to just experience, you might think as a leader, I must fast. You know what? If you want to tomorrow, take it from the other side because you were here. <clears throat> take it off. Don't, don't, don't fast tomorrow. Breathe in and get excited to partake when we do it again. I think that's what God would want. And that's what I sense from my heart. Amen. Let's stand up tonight.
I want you to close your eyes where you are standing, if you don't mind. Just, just take a breath. I just want to give some hope tonight again. Jesus fasted and conquered Satan. The cross, the victory of the cross was sealed there in the desert. That's where Satan knew, I'm done. And then he died so that you and I may live for eternity. Just for tonight, let's just hold on to that again. Just the joy of our salvation. He did it. And I want to tell you, he loves you a lot. He knows your name. He knows your circumstances. He knows what makes you laugh. He knows what makes you cry. But his greatest desire for you is that when you breathe your last on this earth, that you will be with him forever. That's his greatest desire. And that's also why we fast, just to be close, just to, just to get out of this world, just, just for a day, two days. But he came for you. Amen. Really loves you. And tonight I just want to make an invitation. I just want to ask believers just to pray with me. But here's my question. Have you given over to the one who loves you most? Have you given your life to him? Have you, has you, have you given your heart to him? Have you said, Jesus, you came and suffered many things for me. I want to follow you. Forgive my sin. If that excites you a little bit to give over to him, then I want to encourage you that you take a step tonight in this place. Thank you, Jesus, that you are here and you really love people. You make old things new. You repair brokenness. You look into our past and we look into our past and we see the blood and, and, and we just so condemned when we look at our past and we think there's no future and then you come and you say it stops here with me I've got a plan for your future and if that is you tonight if you tonight want to make a commitment to follow Jesus Christ with your whole life it requires that you are willing to acknowledge that you have sinned and that you invite him to wash you if that is you you are a good place tonight and so I'm going to count to three and we're going to send people all around this place to meet you where you're at but if you tonight want to make a commitment to Jesus on three I want you to put your hand up as high as you can without being shy about it one two and three Thank you for those hands. There's a lot of hands. Just keep your hand up high. What I'm going to ask is my small group leaders, they're going to come to the sides, on the wall sides, okay? 
and they're going to catch your eye and just ask you to meet them on the side. So if your hand is up, if you want to open your eyes and look to the aisle, someone will nod, make eye contact with you. this moment this is why he came this moment right here is why church exists so whether your hand was up or not just breathe take it in this is heaven touching earth this is why we go to Zimbabwe this is why we go to Malawi this is why I'm not in Cape Town anymore where all our grandparents and our lives were. This is the reason you work at Sassel or wherever. So let's all pray together. I'm going to lead us in a pr prayer of commitment towards Christ. Everyone pray together and then we'll give some chance for these people for personal ministry. But let's put our faith together. Lord Jesus, I stand before you tonight. I am a sinner. I don't hide that. I'm not fooling myself. I have sin. And I need forgiveness. So I come to you, Jesus. Because you paid for sins. For sinners like me. So wash me clean. I believe that you died. I believe you rose. You conquered death that I might live for eternity and eternity and eternity and never die again. Here's my life. I commit to read your word and to discover you I commit to pray. Even if I don't know how, I'll just speak. And I commit to fellowship. To get myself around people that loves you, that can help me. I love you, Lord. Make me new. Amen.